Today, I am with Alex Harris. Now, Alex, you and I met under a little bit of unusual circumstances. I went to a church meeting where they were having you speak. It was an evening, and it was about you planting the flag of your country, South Africa, at the South Pole. Well, of course, I was intrigued to hear you speak, yet I didn't get enough when I heard you speak. I literally went up afterwards and said, Alex, it was so great meeting you. Would you mind coming to our home where my husband and I could actually ask questions of you? Because I loved what you had to say. I wanted to know more. I, you had lit a fire inside of me to help others. You made goals sound so easy under the harshest condition. Now, before we go into what you're going to share in Nashville, I want to explore who you are because you are an extreme athlete. What mountains have you uh, climbed and reached the summit of? Well, sure. Mountains uh, were a big part of my my first half of my life, let me say. And I, for a long time, was obsessed about something called the Seven Summits, which is the highest mountain on all seven continents, obviously Kilimanjaro, Denali, North America, and the culmination of those, Everest. And that focal point became the basis of our business for many years. We facilitated people like yourselves who had an aspiration to go out into the wilderness and climb smaller mountains. We helped them achieve that and at the same time helped us achieve some of these bigger goals like going to these crazy cold places. Well, you also crossed a desert that no one else has crossed by foot. What was that like? The hardest days of my life on this planet were in those 40 days, but the mm -hmm. overall experience was incredible. There's something incredibly healing about the desert and the sand. And while it was unbelievably cruel during the day, in the evenings, we'd find that high, soft red sand of the big dunes. And it was cool to the touch and it had this power to assuage and just rest us and renew our energy for the next day so it was i mean it was an incredible experience i think fondly of the time uh that you know we, we were in the arabian desert incredible uh, and now you're going to be speaking to us about another trek and it's not just going to be about the experience it's going to be about how we can take our goals in the harshest of circumstances and obtain them so tell us a little bit about what all of our attendees in nashville can expect from you well the thing is it's it's easy to make the mistake and and most of us do it all the time where we we compare our challenge to someone else's and we we quickly assess that you know, this can never be for me. So the, the learnings can't be applicable. But the reality is we have the same challenges. And irrespective of whether you're climbing Everest or walking to the South Pole or, or trying to sell a property or grow a portfolio, the challenge is rooted in our doubt, our, our doubt in our capacity to achieve our goal. And often that manifests in a number of ways, but typically we either succeed or we fail in the goal. And so really there's no difference in, in the mechanics of how we are challenged. The only thing that differs is some of us have the skill set and mindset to break down those challenges into manageable chunks, and some of us don't. 
And so I'm going to use our, our Antarctic walk to just break down into practical ways how we approach this problem. And without giving too much away, um, you know, I, I can sort of briefly say that, that those three areas are prevalent in our journey permanently. The first is really this ability to hold in mind the big picture, but simultaneously the small little goals, the small little admin, the nuances, the minutiae, the, the kind of molehills that consume us, but at the same time frustrate us, but are necessary. And, and, and I've got a term for that that I'll, I'll reveal you know, in the session. So, so how do we, how do we keep in mind why we are, what are we called to do, but at the same time, how do we get done the chores of today that make up the dream of tomorrow? The second idea speaks around this challenge that very few people get right in balancing when to be forward-footed and assertive or a little bit aggressive and when to be back and calm and temperate and wait and how to get that timing right. You know, you can probably think if you're, if you're in the realty business, you can think of those salespeople that are out there in your face. They, they just seem to be, uh, you know, gung-ho and they seem to achieve success, but it's not sustainable. And you can probably also think about those that wait for the perfect market before they start taking risk. That's not sustainable either. There's a balance that is effective in the long run. And that's knowing when to take the risk and step and be assertive, but when to step back and be calm. And the third idea is what I call the, the, the greatest power up in the human condition. And that's the power of process, process, I think you folks call it. And, and, and that simply speaks about how time compounds our effectiveness in a good or bad way, depending on whether we become better or worse at what we put in our day. You see, most of us do a specific thing for eight, nine hours a day, and so we become very good at it. And we assume because we've become good at it, we are becoming more effective in our career. But that's not the truth. We're becoming more effective if we're becoming better at doing the right things. And so process is around understanding what are the right things that make up my day that if consistently applied over time, compound my effectiveness in a supernatural way where one plus one equals 50 or 100. Now, those are the three sort of mechanics of this idea, but it's laid on a foundation. And so the other two key parts to this puzzle is critical for this foundation. And the first thing says that we are connected to each other, to everything. And our ability to immerse ourselves in this profound belief and idea that we are all actually connected augments those three skill sets. And our lack of immersion in this idea, in other words, if we fundamentally don't believe we're connected, our ability to get process right, our ability to balance when to be assertive, when to be back off, and our, our ability to get the big and the small picture right, is stifled. And the second part of that foundation is trust. Because if you truly believe you connected to your team, to those around you, to the bigger picture, it implies that you have to trust. And so on that platform of trust and connection, we build 
the three skills that allow us to take an impossible goal and turn it into something that's not only manageable, but believable. If we don't believe something, it doesn't matter how much you hear, how much you read, it's never going to happen. Well, we appreciate it because, you know, I know you're crossing, we call it the vast ocean. You call it yeah. the pond, right? <laughs> you live you live in a country that I've visited and absolutely love. The people are amazing. It's South Africa. And I do know yes. that you say process. And for us, you changed. You said process. Now, we do mm. have some Canadians that will be coming to Nashville, and they say process as well. What you demonstrated, though, is that you're always adapting adapting to the people you're speaking with, adapting to the environment you're in, adapting to the conditions, harsh or good, that you're surrounded mm. by. And the thing that absolutely just captured my attention was how you took goals and you made those goals as big as they were, because it was a big, hairy, audacious goal that you had. And the way you made it so simple. Every single attendee will be able to take this big goal that they have for their life and to understand, not just chunk it down, to understand how and make the impossible possible. You give hope to people. I'm so excited for everyone to hear you speak and just to meet you. Because I mean, after all, how many people have you met that have climbed all seven of the highest summits have crossed Antarctica by foot, have crossed a de desert on foot. Uh, now you're doing bikes. Tell me about what you're up to now. Well, I think if your posture in life is one of being held by something greater than you and not having to try and hold on all the time, then you're open to new direction, you're open to new seasons, and you're open to change. And so with kids and a growing family, my risk profile has changed. So I've become more reluctant to head to the big mountains. And so I'm still fundamentally an explorer. That's how God's made me in my DNA is this desire, almost an obsession to unpack the world and my place in it. And so all of that has now shifted in the direction of racing mountain bikes. I do a lot of ultra endurance racing. So really long races like the Tour Divide in the US, which is from Banff in Canada, all the way down the Rocky Mountains to the Mexican border, 2000 odd miles. And our business now is focused on putting ev similar events, but not as crazy, because we believe that if you immerse someone in nature as God has intended it to be. They're impacted in a profound and compelling way, and they can no longer settle for mediocrity. So that's our, our, our business now is mostly around putting events. So we've got a couple of small, like the one in Fredericksburg, it's a 24-hour race, but we're starting small in the U.S. to try and create a brand and grow our brand in, and um, you know bring our message. Well, I think this is very, very important because right now I'm seeing a lot of people that are not consistent. You brought up consistency and how it compounds. I'm also seeing them hunkering down in that comfort zone, which brings yeah. mediocrity and status quo, which I don't even know if you absolutely 
have ever even uttered those words, mediocrity and status quo, because it definitely doesn't describe your life. I know yeah. that the people are going to be just as hyped as I was when I first heard you. And even though they're not going to be able to have you over to their home, which we ended up talking about Star Wars and everything yes. just as much. And how yes. is Luke, by the way? <laughs> yes, indeed. No, my, my family as well. But I remember that fondly. Thank you. Well, you know, fun. just a start story in realtor uh, and, and that business that, you know, you, you talk about people hunkering down and it's your mindset determines what you see, whether you're in the bunker or whether you're out and you're looking, because I see this as a key opportunity. And there aren't many times in our lives when such big opportunities come along, but you have to be prepared. And just over a year ago, we were at the finish line of our South African race. One of our sponsors at the time was a, a furniture removal business uh, called Pickfords. And their business in South Africa is only moving furniture from home to home. When someone sells their home in Johannesburg and moves down to Cape Town, they move their furniture. They were our logistics sponsors, so they moved, uh, you know, our, they mobilized our, 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 our water points and our race villages. But standing on the finish line, chatting to my contact, he, he made a comment that currently for every one truck of furniture that they are taking from Cape Town for a family up to Johannesburg, they're taking seven from Johannesburg to Cape Town. Now, just think from a realty perspective as a marker of how markets are going to shift. Now, a year later, we know that the house price in Johannesburg, it's its a terrible seller's market. No one's getting their price. Everyone's lowballing. Everyone's, well, not everyone. There's a, 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 a glut of people moving down to the Cape and out of the city to the ocean. And yet a year ago, there were strange little markers that would have hinted that, hey, if you're in realty, watch out because seven families to one are moving out of Johannesburg, you know. And so it just made me realize, uh, and it came to mind because I spoke to a South African uh, conveyancing business that deals with realtors a, a week or so ago, that if your mind and your posture is positioned for opportunity, then when things are really tough, is when everyone else misses the opportunity. And, you know, it's an exciting thing for me. So look, I know it's a tough time, but what I'm saying is don't be uh, consumed by that, that rhetoric of toughness. See it as an opportunity that doesn't come along very often. And in that, you're going to see things that you haven't seen before. You know, that's so good. I have an affirmation that I use from time to time. And it's basically when these types of markets happen, I say to myself, I am a person that seizes the opportunities that are surrounding me right now. Because I do believe opportunities are always surrounding us. And it's up to us to seize them, not look as victims do like, oh, poor, what was me? The market has shifted into, wow, the market has shifted. How do I take advantage of this? And that's what I know you're going to be sharing. I can think of 10 different things that I would love to tell everybody you're going to share right now. Let's surprise them, though. And the best thing you're going to share is if they have a goal, you're going to show them how to get it.
Thank you so much, Alex, for being with us today. I look forward to seeing you in Nashville. And thank you for coming all the way from South Africa to help us out and help the people that will attend. Well, it's an absolute privilege. Thank you for having me. And I'm excited and I can't wait to see you all.